Hey kids, this is me, your dude, Icy Robots, and we're back for another super exciting, super fun episode of World Famous. This time out, we're gonna, I don't know what we're gonna do. Everything got thrown into disarray by some terrible weather, but we're gonna, we're gonna figure something out. But until we do, Grandmaster Grandpa, kick that beat! Okay, Icy Robot, let's get this party started right. Let's get this party started quickly. This is world's famous with IC robot. Hello my dudes, as many of you know, if you listened to the last episode, at any rate, you knew that I was going to go to a comic show this past weekend, but guess what? I did not go. We were going to go see Sam Jones, aka Flash Gordon, one of my, one of my big movie heroes, and then we got plastered by a giant storm. It was, um... It was what they call an atmospheric river. I don't know why they call it that. It might be, just might be weatherman hyperbole. I know not, but we got plastered by rain. We got plastered by wind. It was bananas. I'm not even kidding. It was bananas. The house was rattling. Our neighbor's fence got blown over. Our garbage cans got blown like out into the street. It was, it was crazy, dude. It was nuts. So we decided not to go, which was in retrospect, maybe, maybe not the best decision. Cause like we heard the storm was coming. We heard that it was coming. It was raining a little bit. We knew that the worst of the storm was yet to come, but we did not know when. But what happened was... The hardest part of the storm started to hit around like 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, so we probably could have made it there and back in time, but at the moment, it did not seem like a worthwhile risk. I imagine just driving to uh, the, the con, which was, I don't know, maybe like an hour and a half away, and we'd be like driving down the highway, cars in front of us would be throwing up water, people would be hydroplaning. I don't know what I thought, but when you, when you listen to the weather... You gotta realize that these weather guys are also, like, all news guys and that they really want to, like, sensationalize stories in any way that they can. You know, they gotta call a big rain, an atmospheric river, they gotta call this, you know, a hurricane, they gotta call that a tornado or whatever. And I'm not saying that you guys should not take the weather seriously, but I think you have to realize that, like... These dudes are looking at charts with clouds, and it's all based on whether they think the cloud is going to turn your direction, or maybe it's going to turn another direction, or maybe it's just going to disintegrate altogether. In this case, they kind of got it wrong when the clouds were going to open up and spread rain all over all over the entirety of California, and that's, that's all fine. But I do think we could have made it to the show, but then... There was a chance that we'd be out there in the rain, getting destroyed, getting getting killed on the highway. Anything could have happened. So in this case, we decided to err on the side of caution and stay home. But what this what this means is that like I was gonna spend this whole episode talking about meeting Sam Jones and going to the show and doing all this stuff, and we didn't do any of that stuff. What we did was like sit inside the house, watch TV. We watched a couple movies. We had a good time. It was fine. We didn't have a bad time by any means. A lot of folks lost power. We were lucky enough to not lose power, which is, you know, the good Lord willing or whatever, but we had a decent enough time. It wasn't like a bummer or anything, but it doesn't, doesn't leave me a lot to talk about this week. We're going to figure it out as the show goes along. We're going to figure it out. Maybe we'll do some housekeeping. Maybe we'll catch up on some things from the past. I don't know. It'll be fun. It's always fun. Don't you think? It's always fun to sit down with me, your guy, Icy Robots, and the whole crew here at Icy Robots Radio and talk about, like, all these various whatever is going on. I don't know, man. I think that even though my life is boring, the minutia of the life itself is somewhat interesting. And I hope that you do, too. I assume that you do. I assume that you do. If you're listening on KRJF 92.3 FM here in Santa Rosa right now, you can also hop over to my website. That's at icrobots.com. That's I-S-E-E-Robots.com. And there are like a million and a half of shows like this. I've been doing this for going on 10 years. In September, it's going to be a full 10 years behind the mic, which is crazy. I never knew when I started that I would still be doing it. I kind of... I kind of did have a feeling. I never would have imagined that someday I would be on the radio broadcasting all over Santa Rosa and that people would be thinking of me as the greatest thing since sliced bread. Is sliced bread that great? I guess it is. You don't have to slice it yourself, and that's that's definitely something nice because I would probably do it a little uneven. I'd probably do it a little thick. I would probably mess it all up. I'm not that great with a blade, except for the Arthur Fonzarelli brand switch, which I have right here in my hand. Oh, check this out. This is something that's not going to appeal to anyone in the world, but 
right now as we speak the folks across the street are getting a tree cut down and i went over and i kind of i kind of snooped a little bit to see what was going on and the lady is getting a tree cut down of her neighbors that she really hates. There's this lady across the street and she hates her neighbors terribly and they have a tree that kind of stretches into her backyard and they argue about it all the time. I can hear them all the time and they are on vacation right now and I think that she's having that tree cut down. I can see there's dudes out there, they're working on that tree and they are being led by the uh, the lady who hates her neighbors. So I think that these people when they come back are gonna be in for quite an angry surprise. I myself, I would be pretty upset if my neighbor cut down my tree but this lady, she's an older lady. She's lived here longer than me, and I've lived here for going on 25 years straight right now. And she was here way, way, way before me. So she's probably like, you know what? This is my neighborhood. I was here before this tree, and I hate this tree, and I'm going to cut it down. And I hate my neighbors, and I hate the world. And that hate is leading her to be destructive. But anywho, that was some local street news that I can't imagine appeals to anybody in any way. But to me, it's a little interesting to uh, see what's going on over there. But we're going to we're gonna jump ahead a little bit. I'm going to open up a Motu figure that I got over at the Target that I thought was pretty cool, pretty exciting. A new wave of Motu figures. Let's take it away. There is only one man who can strike fear in the hearts of the mutants. Only one man with the power to seize control of the tri-solar galaxy. No matter what it takes. Only the most powerful man in the universe. This is the Mo2 Minute with the man who sold Kaldor the acid that burnt off his face. I see robots. Yes, that is me, the dude who sold acid to that guy, Keldor. He dropped it and he tripped for weeks straight. I was over at the Target the other day. I was over there hanging out, looking around, seeing what I seeing what I could find. This is the one over in Cottingtown, not the one that's over on Santa Rosa Avenue near the dig. What I found over there was something that I thought was pretty cool and pretty interesting. It is the Turtles of Grayskull Leonardo, Heroic Ninja Turtle Leader. What this is, it's a crossover between the Masters of the Universe universe and the Turtle universe, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle universe. I myself, I'm not a big fan of the Turtles. It's not that I don't like them. It's not that I don't think they're cool. They just, they kind of came along a little bit after my age. They were more for like my brother and his friends while I was out there playing with my G.I. Joes or my He-Mans or whatever. But I do appreciate the turtles in as what they are. I think they're fine. I think they're cool. I think that the I think the OG turtle toys are pretty cool and I wouldn't mind having a set of all four. And honestly, I'm going to at least take a look at everything that comes out in the Motu scale. I like that. I like that size. I like uh, the knockoff wrestlers, the knockoff boxers, all the different galaxy warriors, all the figures from Sun Gold. I love all the Sun Man stuff. So when I found out they were going to be crossing over with the Ninja Turtles, I honestly was pretty jazzed. I thought it would be pretty fun. I had my eye on Shredder and a couple of the other ones. I do think Shredder's pretty cool. I think Casey Jones is pretty cool as far as like accessories and design and stuff. I like I like that guy's uh, hockey mask, and I think the Shredder is cool as far as being a villain. I wouldn't have minded getting a couple uh, foot ninjas as army builders, but I don't know if they have come out with any of those guys as of yet. I've only seen Wave 1, which consisted of Leonardo, He-Man, He-Man's purple, Man-at-Arms, he has like a turtle shell armor, which is pretty cool, and Donatello. When I was there at the store... I only saw Leonardo and uh, He-Man. I probably would have picked up Man-at-Arms if I saw him, but I did I did make a decision to kind of pass on the He-Man. He's purple. He has lightning bolts on him, and I don't know, man. I have like a million He-Mans. He-Man's cool. He's the he's the leader of the whole thing, but I do have a bunch of them. Before, before we get too deeply into this, I kind of think we're already getting in a little bit too deep. Let's take a quick pause and find out... Who is this guy, this turtle, the one known as Leonardo, the one that has, he has a blue. He wears blue as his color. Take it away. Let's go. Leonardo is the leader and strategist of the turtles. He's traditionally portrayed as the most mature and disciplined of the turtles, displaying a stoic demeanor and a strong sense of responsibility. Like his brothers, he is named after an Italian Renaissance artist, in this case Leonardo da Vinci. In the original comics, all four of the turtles wear red masks, but for the creators to tell them apart, 
he was written and redrawn to have an ocean blue mask. That's honestly all news to me. I don't even know the colors of the turtles. Let's take a look at the back here. Donatello, I guess, wears purple. I don't know. I don't know the other two. I think they're cool. They just they just kind of slip past me. Let's um let's just bust into this guy. He's on the classic, the classic Motu style wrapper with, you know, the card on it, and then there's some like really cool art on the outside. Oh, there's a, a little comic. Let's take a look at the comic. The comic is called By the Power of Pizza, as the American Pizza Man himself. I think that this is something that I would like to read. Oh, this has a lot of text in it, honestly. I might have to I might have to sit down and get the old get the old magnifying glass and uh, take a look at this. But let's let's pull Leonardo out of here. He's on a little tray inside of the thing. Let me take a look and see if he's banded down there. No, I don't think we're going to need the uh, the Engineer Nerd. Uh, well, maybe we might. Big shout out to Engineer Nerd. Let's get it out. There's one here on his hand. Maybe we can just go ahead and pull out. Engineer Nerd Tweezers. The official tweezers of IC Robots Radio. Got a hold of it. Let's give it a pull. Pull. That one came out. Pull. That one came out. Are there ones around his feet? Yeah, there are. Why didn't I see these in the first place? Grab a hold of these with the tweezers. Slipped on the first one. These are kind of hard to get around his feet here. Let me, um, got it. This is a very good idea, Engineer Nerd. When you came up with this, you were one step ahead of the game. Big shout out. These tweezers make it a lot easier. So we got him out. He has two swords here in the back, and the swords are also gonna need the tweezers. By the end of this, these tweezers are gonna be world famous. Like the show here. That is honestly a lot easier to get him out than put that in the recycling bin right there. He has two big blades. These go into his, oh, these uh, combine together like the power sword of He-Man, which is pretty cool, man. Let's, um, they have little holes and they click together, clickety click, and they make one bigger blade like, uh, you know, like He-Man and Skeletor's swords. Pretty cool, man. So I put that together. Then that goes right here on his back, slides right in there fairly easily, I would say. Got it in. Pretty firm. He has uh, armor on his shoulders, and then he wears like a loincloth, like a He-Man character. He has uh, fur, and his uh, turtle mask is kind of, it looks like it's windblown. This is, this is a pretty cool figure. I'm not gonna lie. I do think that he's gonna be a nice addition to my team. Now we got like WWF guys. I got Rowdy Roddy Piper, and now I got now I got some turtles. Let's take a look at um, who is going to be appearing in Wave 2. You got Raphael. That's the red one. So now I know. Raphael's the red one. Then you got a mutated He-Man. Shredder, Beast Man, Mouse Jaw, and then uh, a mutated Moss Man. Honestly, these all look so cool. I think in the whole world of action figures and stuff, one of my favorite things is He-Man knockoffs. I'm not even going to lie. And over the years... There have been so many different He-Man knockoffs that I just, I, I'm on like this endless pursuit. I'll take almost any one that I can get my hands on. I love the scale. I love everything about it. I, I don't know. I, I want, I want a combined action figure universe. And for me, these dudes are the closest I'm going to get. What they need to do is take some of these other properties out there, maybe work with Hasbro. I understand that Hasbro has been leasing out some of their properties. Why don't they make a real American hero, G.I. Joe, Motu crossover. You could make Snake Eyes. You could make Storm Shadow. You could make Zartan, Cobra Commander. You could make all kinds of them. And I would buy every single one. Why don't they do that with Transformers? Like you wouldn't buy an Optimus Prime He-Man crossover. Oh, it would be gorgeous. They've already gone WWF. It's just, it's so great, man. This whole scale is beautiful. The world is limitless. This is a great figure. He has articulation at his elbows, at his wrists. The detailing is nice. I don't think this line is doing that well. I've already heard people say that they've seen some of these on clearance, and I think that is a darn shame because I think it's a lot of fun. Why don't they make, like, like Ghostbusters? I know at one time Ghostbusters crossed over with WWF toys. Why don't they, why don't they cross over the He-Mans and the Ghostbusters? That would be Super duper fun. I honestly wish they would have continued that uh, WWF He-Man crossover. The ones that I got I thought were pretty cool because you could take off the He-Man gear if you wanted to. And then they were just like Rimco wrestling figures. So you got to have like Rowdy Roddy Piper, Randy Macho Man Savage, Jake the Snake, 
Andre the Giant. You gotta have all those dudes. Now, obviously, they just make them in straight, straight wrestling figure form. But you got the added addition of some He-Man weapons. For example, I bought Goldberg. I bought the Goldberg uh, He-Man crossover, and I took his shoulder pads, put them on one of the Road Warriors, the the AWA Road Warriors Rimco, and I made him like all the more He-Man-y. It's a really cool thing to have extra accessories. But anyhow, this figure, like it a lot. Think it's a ton of fun. We're going to go ahead and put this over here. I'll read that comic at some point. And I'll let you know like how in the world these guys crossed over. Let's um let's take a look. It has a little uh, guide showing you where all of the thing goes. Let's take a look. Nothing really complicated here. Just the various armor points. And these are all removable parts. It says that you can swap them, which is always fun too. Let's... Let's move forward. I think we're going to talk about wrestling toys again. This might be the last wrestling toy segment for a while, but there's a lot of a lot of interesting retro-style wrestling figures lately, man. Can't go wrong with Vizat. Well, let's keep talking about toys, I guess. This time it's wrestling figures. What a world we live in. And now we take a look at Big Rubber Guys from Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Man, I really hope that you guys are enjoying these looks at uh, wrestling figures. Because right now, there's a lot going on in the retro wrestling figure space. We got Hasbros, we got official Hasbros, and we got people making their own Hasbros. We got Bendies, we got people out there making Bone Crushers. We got everything, man, including LJN-style figures made by Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, who you might know from WWE fame, after both dudes got released. They kind of went on their own, started doing indie wrestling stuff and all this kind of whatever. And then eventually, this led to them creating their own action figure line called Big Rubber Guys. And what these are, are a takeoff on the famous LJN action figures from the 90s. These are the big rubber ones. That's why they're called Big Rubber Guys. They're all like, you know, 8 to 9 inches tall, heavy-duty rubber you had, like, your King Kong Bundys, your Hulk Hogan's, your Macho Man Randy Savages. Back in the day, I did not have a lot of LJNs. I know that I had a couple, but I didn't have a ton, and I did feel bad about that. I wanted them. Even though I thought that they weren't really necessarily, like, the coolest action figures ever, I thought that the idea of, like, these big dudes who couldn't move a lot wasn't as great as, like, a G.I. Joe or the figure with more articulation. Honestly... What I always wanted was, like, wrestling figures in the scale of, like, a G.I. Joe, like a three-and-three-quarter-inch figure with a lot of joints. But at the time, this was the best thing we had going, and it's nice to see these brought back. A lot of people are absolutely crazy for LJN. The LJN collecting community is massive, man. It's huge. I have a few in my collection. I have, right over there, I have King Kong Bundy, and I have Bobby the Brain Heenan sitting on my shelf. And I have quite a few others out in the garage. They're all ones that I picked up at the fleet market over the years they're all in like absolutely terrible shape because the only way that you could play with these dudes back in the day was to like bang them into each other they're made of rubber they're very durable and you would just like bang them into each other you would throw them around you would do all kinds of stuff and because of that the paint applications are almost gone on like almost every one that i have but that's fine i like that i like that played with look i think that it it, it tells a history of the figure i don't mind at all even though I would like to have some, I would want to have some that are in better condition. But I'm not going to go out there and buy them on the online or whatever. If I saw them at the flea market, I'm stoked. I'll buy them. But besides that, you know, it is what it is. But let's take a look right now at the Big Rubber Guys. Now, I myself, I do not have any of these. I would consider buying them, but I do not have any at the moment. But from what I've heard... What I've seen in videos, the texture and the feel of these absolutely approximates a real LJN. Over the years, a couple different companies, off the top of my head, I can think AEW came out with, with some LJN-style figures. They had a Cody, and they had a Darby Allen, but people didn't really love these. They, they were under the LJN banner, which is pretty neat. So if you collect LJNs... You're going to have to get some of these just to kind of finish off your collection. But from what I heard from people, they didn't really have the, the the rubbery feel, the proper rubbery feel. And I've heard that these guys, the big rubber guys, do in fact have the, the real authentic LJN feel. Let's take a look. The first two they came out with were, of course, themselves. You had Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder, and then you had Brian Myers, a.k.a. Kurt Hawkins. And these guys, these dudes sold out almost instantly. Almost instantly. And they're kind of having this 
this process wherein which the pre-order for the figures is the order. If you don't order in the pre-order, they are gone. They have no intention of ever re-releasing anybody. They might do repaints, but once they're gone, they're gone. So these guys are gone. And then the next ones they came out with, this was Series 2. They made Axe and Smash, who you might know as Demolition. Now, this one was a really cool one because in the day... In the day, they've released a series of advertisements for some figures that ended up never coming out. And Demolition was one of them. So the chance to get your hand on one of these was really, really cool to a lot of people. These sold for $99.95 for the set. That's what they're going for. These guys are going for like 50 bucks each, which honestly, that's a little past my price range for a big rubber action figure. But I do definitely think they're cool. And if I was made of money, I might actually factually buy some of these, but I'm not made of money, I'm made of skin, so I don't. But the Axe and the Smash are really, really good looking. I'm looking at them right here, and you can tell which one is which besides the fact of the face painting. They have nice, nice details on the face. And then the next set was a pretty cool one. You got Sergeant Slaughter, Marty Jannetty, and Ric Flair in, in street clothes. He's wearing like a suit jacket, and he's ready for an interview. He has like his hand on the microphone and stuff. The Sergeant Slaughter in particular is pretty cool. In the day, when Sarge became a member of G.I. Joe, they released a Hasbro version of an LJN. That's another company that took a stab at this uh, type of figure. They released a Hasbro Sarge Slaughter that was available for mail order. And it's very rare, very uncommon, hard to find. So the chance to get your hands on this Sarge was much easier, and that was really cool. This set went for 150 because it was a three-person set. And then the next wave, again, very cool. You got a Macho Man Randy Savage and two Andres. The Andres differed. One had the blue singlet, the other one had the black singlet. Both of these guys, though, were much bigger than the other the other action figures. And when you had your LJNs and stuff, for whatever reason, Andre was like the same height as the other guys. And he had that big Andre afro. This one has a smaller fro, more in line of the Andre I felt like you actually saw on TV. And the Macho Man, the, the original LJN Macho Man had the double bicep pose. Like both of his arms are up. This one has one arm up, one arm down. A little more fun, a little more interesting to do wrestling moves with. I like the Macho Man. I think that the LJN Macho Man is an absolutely iconic action figure. But the... The way that he was doing those double biceps, you couldn't do a lot of moves with him. All you could do would be like the torture rack, Lex Luger's torture rack. Maybe he could do like a body slam or whatever. I think maybe possibly this was meant to, meant to like duplicate the Macho Man's flying elbow. But in, in, if that was the case, it should be one up, one down, just like the, the big rubber guy. The next wave was Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hacksaw Jim Duggan came with a, a big two by four that you could take out of sand. Very cool. The next wave is a good one. You got two more hacksaws, one with his face painted red, white, and blue, and the cool figure of the set, Magnum TA. There's a LJN style Magnum TA. I think that it's absolutely fantastic. And as of now, almost all of these are sold out. You can still get your hands on Magnum TA. You can still get your hands on Hacksaw. But aside from that, they're all sold out. And then the final wave, they made the British Bulldogs. I love the British Bulldogs. Back in the day when I was absolutely in love with wrestling, I was a small, small kid watching it. The British Bulldogs were my favorite. The Dynamite Kid was the greatest wrestler I had ever seen in my life. I loved him. They did release the Bulldogs in the original LJNs, but these are them in their white tights with the Union Jack, and they come with their dog, Matilda. So that is also very, very, very cool. I think that this is a nice project. I'm really behind it. If they were a little lower in the price scale, I might get some, but I understand they're very limited. They're coming from China. They're all made, blah, 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 blah. I get it. They have to be that expensive. I'm sure that uh, they're not making a killing on these, but I, I think they're great. I think they're very cool. You can find them at uh, Major Bendy's. Dot com. Major Bendy's is another line they have of, uh, you know, small, bendable wrestling figures. And that one is moving into the uh, Jay and Silent Bob space. Their big announcement recently was that they are making Jay and Silent Bob and that they plan to continue on with uh, some of the other Kevin Smith movie characters. So that, you know, that's pretty cool, right? At any, at any rate. We're going to move forward in the show. That was a look at Big Rubber Guys. Go Google that. Look at them. They're very, very cool going for crazy prices on eBay, so if you get the chance to buy some, you might want to, because 
once they're gone, they're gone, and people seem to want to pick them up, going for like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Let's move forward. We're going to talk to Derek. He's going to tell us what's going on in the wacky world of Japanese League Baseball. Why is it world famous if, like, literally less than, like, nobody's ever heard of it? Is this, like, an attempt at irony or something? I don't get it. Charge. This Week in Japanese League Baseball. This is Derek for This Week in Japanese League Baseball. This past week, rookie sensation Steve Balboni Jr. and his sweet baby love, Black October were seen at the Japanese National Grammy Awards where October was up for four awards including Album of the Year. While she did not win that particular award she did win the other three. In a very controversial moment Balboni Jr. rushed the stage when Sally Green Jean's Yokohama was awarded the Album of the Year Grammy. In a shameful moment, Balboni Jr. grabbed the microphone and went on a long diatribe about how the award belonged to his girlfriend and the whole thing was an injustice. Balboni Jr. could not be reached for comment. This is Derek for This Week in Japanese League Baseball. That was This Week in Japanese League Baseball. Our hero enters the recording booth with a Diet Dr. Pepper in hand. He puts down the soda and starts to speak. I see robots presents some random stuff going on. You know what, man? Diet Dr. Pepper is a fantastic soda. It is absolutely great. It tastes just like real Dr. Pepper with a lot less calories. It's awesome. I'm happy to have one in my hand right now. This is not a paid advertisement. This is just me, I say robots, and this is my personal opinion. But uh, right now, right now as we speak, I don't know if I've ever not had anything going on as much as I have right now. It's been raining. It's been storming. I've been stuck in the house. I haven't done anything fun in I don't know how long. It's been, it's been okay. I've been watching movies, I've been hanging out, I've been doing whatever, but like, as far as having fun stuff to talk about on a fun, supposedly, allegedly fun uh, radio show like World Famous, there's just not anything going on in that direction. So I'm going to fall back on a little idea that I've had for a while, and I've never had to pull the trigger on. We're going to pull the trigger right now. When I go to the movies, what I do is I save my ticket or I save the flyer from Summerfield and I put it in what I have right here is a Tootsie Roll container, like the kind that you, if you go down to, I don't know, Costco, if you go down to Cash and Carry and you buy like a big thing of Tootsie Roll Pops, this is the container you'll get. It's kind of like an octagon. It has a lid and I have been stuffing movie tickets in this for, I'm going to say over 20 years. This thing is like jam packed full of movie tickets and I thought I could just like... I could pull a couple at random and sort of talk about what I remember about that. Uh, let me let me mix this up a little bit. I'm trying to get down to the bottom. Okay, I got my hand in the uh, in the thing. I reserve the right to put one back if I think that it's uh, it's boring. Let's um let's dig around. Okay, I got one. Oh, this is from uh, this is from UA six. Good old Cinema six. I saw this one January, February, March, April, May, June, July seventh, two thousand and one. Man, that was a uh, that was 23 years ago. That's crazy, right? 23 years ago, I was sitting in UA6 watching this movie. And this is a movie known as Pootie Tang, man. Pootie Tang was a... That's a weird one. It was kind of a takeoff on black exploitation movies. And it was it was a skit on the Chris Rock show, as I, I recall. I think it was the Chris Rock show. Yeah, Chris Rock show on HBO. Let's... Uh, Let's insert a TV spot for Pootie Tang right here. On June 29th, Get that pootie! Meet a superhero like no other. Pootie Tang with your butt so bad that you can ride it off on your taxes. <laughs> Paramount Pictures presents, in association with MTV Films and Chris Rock Productions, Lance Crowther, Wanda Sykes, and Chris Rock. Daddy? you damn right. Booty Tag, rated PG-13. Start Friday, June 29th. June 29th? That means that I saw this movie opening weekend. I guess that's how I've always done it. I just, I just can't help myself, man. Sometimes I go see stuff that's not always that great. I, myself, I thought Pootie Tang was pretty funny, but I have this... I have this book by Roger Ebert called Your Movie Sucks, and one of the essays in it is about Pootie Tang, and I remember reading this going, come on, man, Pootie Tang was dumb, Pootie Tang was silly, but Pootie Tang wasn't bad in the sense that it was, like, really bad, it was bad in the sense that it was, like, intentionally bad, not, uh, not accidentally bad. I just learned that Pootie Tang was actually written and directed by Louis C.K., which I find 
which I find to be very funny. It's, it stars Lance Crowther as Pootie Tang, Chris Rock, Robert Vaughn, Wanda Sykes, Jennifer Coolidge. I thought this one was pretty fun. I'm not gonna lie. I can't even remember what the, what the plot was. It had to def- go... It had to be something like Pootie Tang is defending his neighborhood against uh, interlopers, probably criminals. Pootie Tang's main weapon was he had a belt. He had this belt that he would pull off and he would like whip it and snap it like he was Indiana Jones with the lariat. Like he was Michelle Pfeiffer knocking mannequin heads off for real in Batman. It was kind of like that. I thought it was pretty funny, man. And I think that a belt would make a fantastic weapon. If you could snap it, get the, uh, get the buckle in effect, you could have some pretty good success with that. Did you guys ever, did you see Pootie Tang? I don't think that this one plays on cable very often. It's more than likely on like a Tubi or a Pluto or one of those kind of, kind of deals, which is, you know, which is fine. That means it's out there in the hands of the masses. If you want, you could probably see Pootie Tang. Why don't we, why don't we just take a quick look really quick and we'll see. Oh, you could watch it on HBO Max right now or on Hulu or Amazon Prime. So it's pretty available all over the place. The critics gave it 27 tomatoes, which I don't think is really fair. I'd give it like 100, 100 tomatoes. Let's see what they, um, what they say about it really quick. Adapted from a comedy sketch on the Chris Rock show, Pootie Tang is the ultimate superhero. A cool walking, smooth talking ladies man. Pootie is a hero and a role model to all the kids in his neighborhood. Everybody looks up to Pootie except Dick Lecter, played by Robert Vaughn, CEO of Lecter Corp, a company that makes cigarettes, alcohol, and fast food. Pootie shows cool determination and strength to prevail over Lecter and his minions. Well, they gave away the uh they gave away the ending right there. Not to say that you didn't know Pootie was gonna go over in the end. A good baby face like Pootie always has to go over. Also, J.B. Smoove is in this. That dude is awesome, amazing. He's great on the Larry uh, David show, Curb Your Enthusiasm, absolutely fantastic. And also, um, Reg E. Cathy, who you might know as Quern's from Oz. He was uh, the warden after Warden Glenn. I love the TV show Oz. I love that one so much. It was an HBO show about a prison. It's probably on Max right now. I'd recommend it. Very lurid, lots of violence, lots of nudity, all kinds of horrible triggering things, but it's still a fun show I enjoyed quite a bit. Man, that was back when HBO was banging along with, like, The Sopranos and all that cool stuff. Not to say that they're not banging along now because they still have a lot of cool shows, but nothing. Nothing like Oz. Pootie Tang was awesome. I remember seeing this. I do remember the day that we went to see Pootie Tang because there was not another person in the entirety of the theater. Let's go back and take a look. And we're gonna, I wanna find out was a, what day of the week was that? Um, day of the week, day of the week. Let's find out which one it happened to be. It was a Sunday. It was a Sunday night. I remember it played in theater one, which is a mid-sized theater. I remember this distinctly. I don't even know why. Maybe because it was one of the rare times at that period where I went and there was like nobody in the theater. I remember just sitting there. I went with the wife. We were together. The love of my life. The wind of my sails. We were together even back then. And we went to see Pootie Tang together. And we had a pretty good time. We were both fans of the Chris Rock show. We were already living together at the time. We've been together forever, dude. Been together forever. Tougher than leather. But, uh, man, Pootie was fun. I enjoyed it. Go, go see that. If you want, like, kind of like a lighthearted, silly kind of comedy with not a lot of, not a lot of weight. Not a lot of whatever, but a lot of fun. Go see Pootie Tang right now. We're going to take a quick pause for station ID, and then we will um, probably be back. I, I imagine we will. You are listening to I See Robots Radio on 92.3 KRJF in Santa Rosa, simulcasting on KUTF 88.1 FM in Bodega Bay. We will be right back after this. <laughs> This is 007. Roger Moore. More Pooptronics. Food cubes. Let's take a giant step back for mankind and eat one, shall we? Hmm. Pooptronics. Food cubes. Available in brown. For your mouth only. Please don't eat food cubes. They will turn you zombie. Like for real, sir. We now return to some Morrissey Robots Radio. Butterfly in the sky. 
robots we're back for another fun segment this one is known as reading rainbow before we get before we get too far into it i gotta warn you guys please please do not eat any food cubes i still understand they're out there you can get some at circle k you can get them all over the place octagon h do not eat them they will turn you zombie we are contractually obligated to run pooptronics ads every once in a while and that's the one that they picked right now don't eat them don't eat them they will turn you zombie but what we're going to talk about right now is books. We're going to talk about a book, and we are going to talk about some comic books that I read. Let's start off with the book. The book that I read this period, it's a children's book, a juvenile book, a J book. Somebody put it out in the little library, and I saw it. I have a little library out in front of my house. I love it. And I saw that somebody put this book out there, and it fell into a genre that I really love, and that is juvenile action and adventure. This is a book called The Sign of the Beaver. It's by Elizabeth George Spears, and the tale of the book is this. We're going to look at the back. Until the day his father returns to their cabin in the Maine wilderness, 12-year-old Matt must try to survive on his own. Although Matt is brave, he is not prepared for an attack of swarming bees, and he's astonished when he's rescued by an Indian chief and his grandson. What, what basically happens is these guys are settlers way back in the olden days, and he and his father, they go out, they build a cabin, they live in the wilderness. But then the father has to leave. He has to go back and bring the rest of the family with him. His sister, his mom, and another sibling, I believe. I can't recall exactly. But his father has to leave and go off and bring them back. And while he's there, he gets attacked by a swarm of bees. And they jack him up. They mess him up. And he's, he's basically going to die out there all alone when he gets befriended by an Indian and his son. And he learns about the outdoors, he learns about the wilderness, he learns about this other culture. It was really, really fun. I like these kind of books because they're easy to read. You can sit down and you can get through the whole thing in a day, maybe two days. It's 135 pages. It's large print, but I really had a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I'm not even kidding. I had a lot of fun with this one. It reminded me of like Hatchet, that book Hatchet by Paulson. I don't know if you've read that one. It was required reading in elementary school, and I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. If you haven't read Hatchet, go out there and read this one. But The Sign of the Beaver was really, really, really fun. I don't know, man. Sometimes I want to read something that's a little bit lighter, a little bit easier to read. Not everything has to be like this Ebert book on Scorsese that I read a while ago. Not everything has to be something like that. You can just read for a little fun. And I have always enjoyed the genre of, like, survival and action and adventure. And a lot of the book is like this kid. And he's a kid. He's a little bitty kid. And he's on his own in a cabin. He has to go hunt. He has to go find food. He has to prepare food. He has to make it through the whole entire winter all by himself. And without the help of his Indian homeboys, dude would have never, ever made it. It's just a really cool story of acceptance. They accept him as a member of their tribe after a while. After a while, they start to think that his father is never, not never coming back. So they accept him into the tribe. They offer him the chance to to join them, and it's just, it was a really good story of togetherness. I like stories where different people come together to achieve a goal. I think that, I think that, like, coming up, I read a lot of stories like this, and I read a lot of stories where people, people strive to survive, and they strive to live together, and it really gave me this mindset of togetherness, and I believe that being together with other people, not necessarily like, you know, being social, being best friends, whatever, but being able to work with other people, being able to join each other as a group is very, very important. And I think that it is something that's that's lacking in our society today. I think that, well, sadly, I think that a lot of the things that go on on the internet have like pushed people apart. They've made people be more separate than they should be when we should all be able to be together in the words of the great Genki Sudo, we are all one. That's a that's a motto I try to live my life by. We are all one. Now let's take let's take a quick look at a couple comics that I that I read recently. I I resubscribed to GI Joe. I heard that Larry Hama was taking over GI Joe. Larry Hama, you might know, he was one of the dudes behind GI Joe, Real American Hero Comics by Marvel. Dude is a legend. Dude is great, and I heard that starting with issue number 300 of G.I. Joe, he was going to be back at the helm, so I signed up, and I got it. The one that I have right here has Serpentor on the cover, and in this, um, there's Cobra, 
And there's G.I. Joe, as you all know. And now there's also a new enemy, an AI enemy. Artificial intelligence. There's an artificial intelligence enemy. Artificial intelligence is like, this is the thing nowadays. Everybody either has an opinion of they hate it or they have an opinion that they think it's fine. I myself, I look at it like this. These AI things, they exist. They're here now. There are AI chat helpers on the internet. There are AI image generators on the internet. And these things exist. There's nothing that you can do to make them not exist. So the best thing that you can do is try to find a way to incorporate them in your lives. You can find a way to learn about them and see what you can get out of them because they're not going away. It's not going away. Like it, hate it, it's here. The best thing that you can do is try to just learn about it and see what you can get out of it. That's my opinion. That's my opinion with most new tech. Whether you like it or don't like it, learn to love it. It's the best thing going today, to quote Ric Flair. But they're getting a new artificial intelligence engine that they're going to use to take over the, the bats, the Cobra Battle Android Troopers. I thought that was pretty cool, pretty timely stuff by our guy Larry Hama. Then I also read the Fantastic Four. This one's on issue number 15, which is uh, the legacy numbering of 708. I love the Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four has always been one of my favorites. I love the four. I, just, I love their scientific adventures. I think it's just really cool how they explore... And they do things like that rather than just go out there and beat up villains. They do beat up villains. But I like the I like the exploration aspect. That's what I've always liked about Star Trek. That's what I've liked about any number of things. I don't think war is interesting. I think trekking is interesting. So take that for what you will. I know a lot of guys like Star Wars. A lot of guys like all that stuff. And that's fine too, man. You're all entitled to whatever kind of adventures that you enjoy. I like these. I think this has been really, really fun so far. What I like about the Fantastic Four is that every issue is like a standalone story. I think a couple of them may have been two issues, but for by and large, they're all one issue. And I think that's really cool because you can just pick one up, you can read it, you can have a nice time with the story. And then I got Daredevil. I get Daredevil. I've been getting Daredevil forever. I'm not even kidding. I've been reading Daredevil forever. And what's going on now is at the end of the big run by Chip Zdarsky, which was a very popular run, Daredevil died. Matt Murdock died. He went down to hell, fought the devil, and he died. And somehow in the new run, he was reborn. He's reborn as a priest. He's Father Matt. Father Matt Murdock. And I don't know how I feel about this so far. I'm not really loving it, but I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt. I've been with it for so long that I'm not just going to stop right now. I'm going to see where it goes. I'm going to see what happens, but the adventures of Father Matt aren't as thrilling to me as the adventures of a Lawyer Matt, Lawyer Matt Murdock, but we're going to see what happens, man. You can't just, like, stop something immediately because you hate it. You kind of got to see how it plays out, so we're going to see how this goes. I'll let you know. I think that I've been saying I haven't been loving it for a while, but that is what it is. I'm Daredevil for life, and then I got a book called Irredeemable by Mark Wade. This is book number six. This one is a trade paperback. It came out, when did this come out? Let's take a quick, take a quick look-see. This came out in 2011. It's been out for quite a long time. The story of this one is this. Imagine a world where Superman goes insane. The pressure of being Superman drives him to insanity. The pressure of hearing people that he can't help. You gotta think of it like this. When Superman is helping somebody, there are thousands of other people in the world who needs help. He says, like, every minute that he spends in his alter ego, we're just gonna call it Clark Kent. We're gonna call him Superman through the whole thing. His name is the Plutonian, but we're just gonna say Superman because he's, he's a Superman archetype. So every minute he spends as Clark Kent, a thousand people die. But he needs this. He needs to be Clark Kent. He needs the life. And eventually, the pressure. The pressure of this drives him to insanity. And he starts destroying the world. He goes crazy, destroys Metropolis. He kills millions of people. And the heroes that remain are banded together to fight them. I've had the first five books of this. I've had them for years. I like the story. I've read it many, many times. I never had the sixth and final book. I never had it. For whatever reason, first five, very easy to find. Book six, out of print, almost impossible to find. I had a saved search on eBay, the world's biggest marketplace, and then one day it popped up. Somebody had it for $9.99. I bought it immediately. I have it right here in my hand. I've only read a little bit of it. I've read the first five so many times. I've read them so many times, and I enjoy them so much that I'm really savoring this and kind of reading it issue by issue. So far, I'm on issue one. They're starting to uh, take down the Plutonian, and it's good. It's interesting. If you haven't read Irredeemable, I heavily recommend it. There is also a sister book to this called Incorruptible, I believe is what it's called. 
And in this one, the greatest villain on that planet, Max Damage, that's his name, Max Damage, he decides, since everything is, like, in such imbalance, in a world where Superman is bad, what choice is there except for the bad guys to become good? So he starts becoming good, tries to take him down. Really good stuff. I think you could probably go on eBay, the world's biggest marketplace right now, find the first five books for, I don't know, man, probably a couple dollars each. I don't know anything really about, like, online comics. I don't read any of the online comics, even though I do think that is pretty cool. But if possible, take a look at this. Irredeemable by Mark Wade. It's published by Boom. I don't know what other book Boom publishes, except for this. I'm not a big follower of Boom Studios, but I gotta say, this one's pretty good, man. If you get the chance, give that a look-see. I think that we are just about gonna get ready to run out of time on this episode, but I did get another voicemail from our guy, Uncle Travelin' Vino out there, Vino Gaga, looking at the world, and I want to play that now before we run out of time, so let me, uh, let me look around and see if I can find it. He... He called my answering machine and left that. Oh, here it is. Let me play that really quick, and then we'll be back in one momento. The Adventures of Vino Gega, a man lost in time. I went to the arcade called Scandia. It was a favorite hangout of mine, and it made me realize how much the world has changed in the last 20 years. And a lot of the changes are for the worst. Everyone is so concerned with this weird ticket redemption stuff rather than the action and violence that I like. It's like they don't care about violence and gore anymore. And I'm not sure I buy into trading tickets for Tootsie Rolls stuff. Honestly, I'm a man of action. And I miss the old days of fighting and killing on the screen. Whatever happened to Street Fighter and NBA Jam? I miss dunking balls and fighting M. Bison. I guess I'm a man stuck in time and out of touch with just about everything out there. Where can I get a can of Slice and some Dunkaroos anyway? Sarcastically yours, Vino Gega. This has been Vino Gega, a man out of time. do got to agree with our guy Vino Gaga on this one. I was over at the arcade called Scandia myself the other week, and they didn't have a Street Fighter game. What kind of an arcade doesn't have a Street Fighter game? They did have Mortal Kombat, but let's be honest, Mortal Kombat is the wacker, more violent version of Street Fighter. They also, they didn't have the uh, silent scope machine that I liked. That's one of my favorite games of all the times in space. I love being like a sniper sniping on dudes, and they didn't, they didn't have it, but uh, Vino, if you're, if you're listening, which I, which I don't think you are. I tried to even explain like um what uh what what the show was to him, and he didn't he didn't really get it. If you got to remember, back in the day, the internet really didn't have the capacity for like streaming audio. He does understand the aspect of it being on the radio, but as far as he's concerned, the Fox is still the the big station here, and he doesn't even know what a KRJF ninety two point three simulcasting on eighty eight point one in Bodega Bay is. He just knows, you know. Hard rocking the fox. It's hard to get through to this guy sometimes. He he does have a willingness to understand what's going on in the world nowadays, but some of these things are hard to explain. It's hard to explain, like, high-speed internet, the capacities of hard drives nowadays. All these things are just, they're way beyond him. He's like, if the show doesn't fit on a floppy, I don't know what it is. And I'm like, you know what? I get it, dude. But I, I think that, um... I think that you can get Dunkaroos over at the Dollar Tree. I think that they they tried to make a big comeback to the good old Dunkaroo and it got dunked on and it just never, never not never made it. I am looking at the clock right now and it does look like we are running up on the time limit of the program. So I think this is a good time to send a big shout out to our guy Mark Alley. Congratulations on the Kansas City Chiefs winning that game. Mark does the uh, Unprofessional Outsiders. The number one Kansas City Chiefs uh, podcast podcast out there in the world want to send a shout out to our guy tapes from the crypt he doesn't get enough doesn't get enough love here and i apologize for that shout out to esquilito dude's building his own house shout out to engineer nerd all-time all-time great guy give us the idea for these these fancy four snips shout out to uh shout out to the sausagetarian happy thoughts out to her shout out to shout out to the real gino vega without him there'd be no vino gega so 
We all love that. Just shout out to everybody in the world. Honestly, shout out to everybody out there. I love you all. All you guys are great. And this is this is me, Icy Robots, saying with all the love in my heart, if you don't like what's going on in the news, go out there and make some of them. All right, um, bring an organ. And you know I got to have that. Some people listen because they want a mystery Some people listen, then say we're whack But if they miss the show, they get a heart attack Now look at you, you're sitting there, biting your lip The whole world sees you as a hypocrite Live out the first law and make yourself preservation If the show doesn't help you, change the station If you don't want peace in the world Love, peace, and happiness in an endless world If all you want to do is keep the whole world back You're the one that's whack And we're Yo, slick blow. That's right. I see robots. Radio is a listener-supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and you look forward to new programming, consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. I don't think so. Hello, this is Derek for KRJF 92.3 FM. In the world of things that chap my hide, the thing that chaps it the hardest is litter. Look, we live in a really nice place. Sonoma County is great, very scenic. The thing is that it's very important to maintain the beauty of the outdoors. One way that you can do that is by picking up litter when you see it. Sure, it's gross to pick up trash, but you know what else is gross? Trash in our waterways. Do you want the otters to have to swim around with Poland Springs water bottles? Me neither, so do something about it. Don't litter, and if you see some on the ground, pick it up and put it where it belongs. This has been an announcement from the Santa Rosa Trash Busters Alliance. Pick up trash and be a trash buster today. I believe in you. This has been an IC Robots Radio production. Oh, wow. This is 92.3 KRJF in Santa Rosa and 88.1 KWTF in lovely Bodega Bay. I, for one, am glad that you are here with us now. I can't speak for the other guys, but me, personally, I'm glad. 92.3 KRJF.